This is God's word. Come on, say it like you're a church. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word because it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for allowing us to gather together in a free country to hear the word of the living God. And so now I step back so the Spirit of God can minister freely to your people. And I thank you that our minds are alert and our hearts are receptive. And we're ready to hear what the Spirit of God has to say. And so, Lord, we take authority over any distractions or anything that would keep us from focusing in on what the Spirit is trying to say to us as a church and us as a people. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow this word in the mighty name of Jesus. Let everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Last week, I started a new series entitled Vision for the Next Level. Everybody say vision, vision. for the next level. And I said on last week that vision is critical for anyone to succeed if they desire to reach new levels in life. I talked about the difference between goals and visions. And if you weren't here on last week, I'm giving you a brief review, review so that you can catch up to where we're going. I talked about the difference between goals and visions. Goals are specific things that you would like to accomplish. In other words, for instance, a person may decide that they may want to lose some weight. But that's a desire until you connect goals to that. Amen. And goals provide two things. They provide timelines and accountability. Everybody say timelines and accountability. And so this desire to lose weight changes if you want to have vision it changes now from just losing weight to i I desire to lose 10 pounds in three months and i'm going to tell somebody my plan to make that happen however vision is is different because now it allows the person to see what they're trying to do overall. In other words, the vision is not just the doing of it, but it's the seeing of it. Everybody say the doing of it or the seeing of it. In other words, if you have vision, vision is seeing up front that you're going to have to decide to make a lifestyle change to lose that weight. A lot of times people, they lose weight on going on a program, but then when they lose the weight, they just go back to their old lifestyle. Well, you can't do that if you want to have or maintain that weight loss. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Just look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to nobody in here. Now look at the other neighbor and say, he talking to the people on the CD. Go ahead and tell them. Amen. 
Vision is seeing and deciding up front what you desire to have. And the overall purpose of this series is to provide you with insight and understanding on the vision at Word of Truth Family Church so that you can know your role and be able to carry it out. This series is also designed specifically to prepare you to move mentally before we move physically. Amen. See, in the Old Testament, the cloud, when God was ready to move, the Bible says that they were moved by the cloud by day and the fire by night. So God prepares us to move. And many of you, I'm having to move you mentally before we move over physically. And I'll explain that more in my message today. Amen. Now, I also want to help you in this series to see how important it is for you to have vision for your personal life, for your business, and from, for your family. And I'm going to show you how to do that and establish that. So if you're taking notes, the message today is vision to move forward. Vision to move forward. It's one thing to have a vision for your life. It's another thing for that vision to move you forward. If you never move with a vision, it's just a dream. Because here's the first thing I want you to notice. Vision has motion. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to give you three verses today. Proverbs 29:18, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. That was Proverbs 29:18, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1. Now, we defined vision last week as mental sight, revelation, or a dream. Vision is so important from God's perspective that he believes without vision, a person cannot maximize their life. So we went over Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. This is what it says. Where there is no vision, the people perish. In other words, if there's vision, people live. But where there is no vision, people perish. And the word perish there means to show lack of restraint. And that's why if you want to have financial vision for your life, you have to have a financial plan. And part of that financial plan is having someone else in your family called Mr. Budget. Amen. I said on last week that vision is designed to bring three things, direction, clarity, and focus. Everybody say direction, clarity, and focus. In other words, when you see and know where you're going, it provides you with direction, clarity, and focus. And it helps you, watch this now, not do things or or go places you shouldn't go because you know where you should go. And for us to have direction in life, we must know why God created, created us because true vision, everybody say true vision. True vision in life starts with the manufacturer's viewpoint of why something was created. Our main focus last week was found in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. I'm going to read it. It says, for we, that's us, are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has ordained before for us to walk in them. And when you look up the word created there in Ephesians chapter 2, it means to fabricate or manufacture. So basically what that's saying is that God has created us or has manufactured us to do good works. So the only way you're going to have successful vision for your life is you're going to have to start with God's vision for your life. 
And God's vision is going to start with how and why he created you. And why did he create you? Well, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us he created or manufactured us to do good works. Amen. And true fulfillment can only come when the creation is doing what the creator manufactured it to do. So if you want to succeed in life, how many want to succeed in life? If you want to succeed in life, you and I must factor doing good works into the vision for our life. Amen. I've made a decision that I'm going to do good works all of my life. I told my kids, I want to put my wife, I want to put on my, my, my tombstone. He tried. Amen. Last week we talked about there are two types of good works. You have natural or worldly good works. And then you have spiritual good works or kingdom good works. Amen. And that's why we have been created to not just do good works. Feeding the poor. That's good. You know, uh, helping the homeless. That's good. Those are natural good works, but we have been created to do kingdom works because the scripture said, remember, he says, we have been created in Christ Jesus. That's kingdom. And this is why a lot of believers don't have complete fulfillment because they haven't made up their minds to participate in kingdom good works. Amen. Now let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2. This is going to be a very good lesson for you this morning. I believe it's going to be a course altering word for some of you. Habakkuk chapter 2, look at verse 1. Now this was this prophet named Habakkuk. And uh, it says, And I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see. Underline that if you're taking notes. I will watch to see what he, the Lord, will say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Verse 2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the what, class? Write the what? Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that read it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end that vision shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because, read it with me, it will surely come, it will not tarry. And the end of this verse is where our church is. I've been proclaiming for years that God was going to appoint a place for us. He was going to plan us in a place of our own that we move no more. And I've said it, and I've said it, and I've said it. But now we are seeing the manifestation of what was said because God is going to be faithful to his promise. In other words, it is now time to move to the next level. So here's the question that I had as I was reading that context of scripture. Why did uh, Habakkuk say that he would watch to see what God would say. I mean, why did he say, say I will listen to hear what God would say? Because how do you watch what somebody say? I mean, you can watch them say it, but he said, I will watch to see what God would say. Well, here's a take-home point that I want you to write down. THP, here's a take-home point. He said that because when vision is heard, vision is seen. I'm going to say that again. When vision is heard, vision is seen. And that's why a lot of people end up getting married. Because she got a vision of that rap he threw on her. (laughs) 
Everybody say, when vision is heard, vision is seen. In other words, God, listen to me, design words to help us see. If you'll notice in verse 2, it gives us the second thing that you and I must understand about vision for our lives. Now, remember, the number one thing that I talked about last week for having vision is we must have a vision to know why we've been created. Okay, here's the second thing of why we need vision or how to implement vision for your life is that we must write the vision down. Listen to me. And then we must make it plain. It's not just good enough to write it down. And here's the thing. Most people who are successful, they are because they write things down. A short pencil is better than a short, a a short pencil is better than a long memory. Write it down. Notice God said, write the vision and make it plain. The word plain there means in the Hebrew, clear. So men, let me encourage you as leaders in your home. When you desire for your family to go in a particular direction, write it down before you talk about it. When you talk about it, it's just a dream. When you write it down, it becomes a vision. And when you implement it, it becomes real. Amen. So that verse is clear. He says, write it down and make it clear. And so it's not just good enough to have a vision for your life. You have to write it down and make it clear. And that's why here at Word of Truth Family Church, we've written the vision down and we've tried to make it as clear as possible. Read it with me. It is to know Christ and to make him known. And there are four things that that are involved, four action points that are involved in us fulfilling that vision as a church. The first one is we got to know Christ. You can't talk about somebody you don't know, right? So we got to know Christ. Number two, we're going to grow in Christ. And see, that's a nonstop thing. You got to constantly feed yourself the word because your spiritual life It's like a rubber band. It can stretch as far as you want it to go. But the moment you stop feeding it again, it's going to grow right back to where it came from. So we want to know Christ. We're going to grow in Christ. Here's the third action item we're going to do for that vision. We're going to show Christ. Amen. And then number four, which I'm going to push us to do when we get into our new facility, we're going to go and share Christ. So one of the things that provide accuracy of vision uh, is accuracy of expectation. I'm going to say that again. One of the things that provide accuracy of vision is accuracy of expectation. So what I want to do briefly is to go over my role as the senior pastor here at Word of Truth. I want you to get a clear perspective of my role. And once I give you a clear perspective, then your expectations can be proper. Because, listen, right information provides right expectation. Everybody say right information provides right expectation. And so, because, and here's why I'm doing this. Some of you all are fearing and questioning and wondering, you know, when we move into this big building, is Pastor Evan going to change? Let, let, let me start out by saying I'm almost like the Lord and I change it not. I mean, I got to be able to change because you can only get better by changing, right? But I'm almost like the Lord. I change. Now, there are certain things about me that's not going to change. Now, let me say up front 
that I will always be as the senior pastor of this church. I will always be accessible, but not always available. Okay, I'm going to say that again so you can get it. In fact, if you want to write this down, as the senior pastor of Word of Truth Family Church, I will always be accessible, but not always available. You say, well, Pastor Evan, what, what does that mean? That means you will always have access to me, but I'm not always available at all times. Why? Because I'm only one person. And here's the thing. The access point for me is so simple. If you as a member want to access me, it's easy. Pick the phone up, call the office, talk to my assistant, and she will set it up. It is so easy. Touch your neighbor and say, it's so easy. Amen. When I first started Word of Truth, everybody had my cell phone number. Can't do that now. It's impossible. Amen. So, it's not, look. I will always be accessible, but not always available because I'm only one person and I can only be in one place at one time. And that's why I live by this saying. And if you are a business owner or if you are a man or husband trying to lead your family, here's a good take home statement that I want to give you that I, that I live by. Duplicated work can be done by duplicating yourself. I'm going to say that again. Duplicated work can be done by duplicating yourself. And that's how things still get done here in this church. Why? Because I've learned to duplicate myself for you all to do things that I would have to do if I didn't train you to do it. So how would that continue to look as we carry out uh, this next level of vision for our church's life. Go to uh, Exodus chapter 18. Exodus 18. And uh, I think I'm doing pretty good with my time. I want to show you what our church is going to look like from this point on. It's really no different than how it is now. But because we have many different people at our church, I want you as the core of our church to be able to duplicate what I'm telling you to people when they come into the new church. Exodus 18, verse 13. Now, this is the story of Moses. Y'all know who Moses was. Moses got married. And, uh, you know, I'm, I thank God for having a diverse church and a diverse staff. 50% of our staff is diverse. Amen. And I thank God for that. Uh, Moses married an, an African-American woman and his sister got upset with that. Well... Well, African woman, she wasn't American, African. America wasn't, wasn't discovered then. Okay. So you got me on that? I feel you. Yeah. So, uh, so he married this African woman. His sister didn't like it. And God gave his sister leprosy. So if you are a racist, you're on the verge of getting leprosy. Okay. <laughs> that didn't go over too well. <laughs> Let's go to verse 14. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, because Moses was meeting with these people, it says, what is this thing that you're doing to the people? 
Why are you sitting down by yourself, Moses? And all the people are standing by you from morning into evening. Verse 15. And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they bring it to me, and I judge between one and another, and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is what, class? Come on, class. Is not good. He says, you're going to surely wear away both you. Let me change that. You're going to wear yourself out and this people with you for this thing is too heavy for you for you are not able to perform it by yourself. Hearken or listen to me now and I will give you counsel and God shall be with you, Moses. Be thou for the people to God work that you bring the causes to God. Now, he's about to instruct Moses on what to do. He says, and you shall teach them ordinances and laws. Watch it, because here's my part. I'm supposed to teach you as a church the ordinances or God's word and then show you, church, the way you ought to walk and the way you need to work. That's my role. It's to show you how to work and to show you the way you should walk. Amen. And verse 21 says, Moreover, you shall provide out of all the people able men or women such as fear God, men of truth. I love that. Hating covetousness and place such over them. Over them who, class? Over them people. I know that's not good English, but that's what he's saying here. He says you need to take some able people, able men. And he says, he says, this is what these men ought to look like. Men that fear God, men of truth, men that hate covetousness or greed. And those men, you place them over, watch this, to be rulers of what? Thousands and rulers of what? Come on, class, rulers of what? Hundreds, rulers of what? Fifties and rulers of what? In other words, everybody doesn't have the same level of rulership. Now, I'm going to make this plain in just a second. And let them judge the people at all seasons. Not Moses, the people. And it shall be that every great matter that shall, that, that shall happen, you bring, they bring unto you. But every small matter, they shall judge. So it shall be easier for you, and they shall bear, bear the burden with you. And if you do this thing, and God commands you to do so, and you shall, you, Moses, Evan Connor, you will be able to endure all of this people. And listen, these people shall also go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. And Moses chose able men out of Israel. He made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. That's a description. That's why we have true group leaders. That's why we have department heads. That's why we have department heads assistants. That's why we have lead teachers in true kids. Why? We're just setting up the same pattern that's here, right here in Exodus. And Moses let his father-in-law depart and went his way. So what we see is Moses trying to do everything himself, but the result was him getting tired and the people getting tired too. 
So look at verse 17. Let's go back to verse 17 real quick here. It says, and Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing which you do is not good. You're going to wear these people away and yourself as well. And uh, just to throw something out you, uh, at you, the LifeWay Research Group, and I'm giving you this, this information so if you wanted to Google it, the LifeWay Research Group did a study about pastors who uh, was quitting ministry and discovered that 250 pastors quit pastoring every month. If you do your math, that is 3,000 pastors a year. 3,000 pastors. That's the staggering number. 3,000 pastors quit every year. And I believe one of the main reasons pastors quit is because the pastor's trying to do everything himself and it's because the people expect him to do everything. Amen. And that is because, listen, people have not been properly taught God's model. Everybody say God's model. In other words, uh, most people don't realize two things. Number one, 65, let's round up, 70%, which would be 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 pastors work two jobs. 65% of pastors are bivocational. That's number one. And number two, you have to realize the average church in America is only 80 people. And so people... Walk in with an expectation, watch this now, that the pastor would visit everybody in the hospital. The pastor would call every member. The pastor would do all the weddings. The pastor would conduct all the funerals. He would do all the counseling. He would do all the teaching. He would do all the preaching. And he would do all the praying. But that's not God's model. Amen. And listen, it is impossible to do God's model and not be fulfilled as a member. In other words, what I'm saying to you is, if we do it God's way, it ought to be good enough for your way. Amen. In other words, what I'm saying is, as a member, if we do this as a church God's way, I believe all of our needs will be met, whatever they may be. Can I get an amen from the church? Amen. And I know this is different teaching for you all, but it's really not a shift in how we've been doing church the whole time. I'm now trying to mentally move us because when these new people start coming, God's going to use you to minister to these people. Some of them never need to reach me. You can sit down and tell them how to do a budget. Amen. You can, you, look, you can teach them and show them how to get plugged into ministry. Amen. Now you can be a true group leader and then bring them up and help them assist you so they can become one. Amen. And this is why we have the structure that we have. We have several pastors on staff and they're not acting like they're me. They're just acting on my behalf. There's a difference. Amen. So we have pastors on staff. We have administration. What is their job? They're just doing what, what this model is. They're, they're taking care. And let me tell you something. If you are drowning, what matters who saves you? If you call the office, I need Pastor Evan to pray for me. And let's say I'm in a counseling session with somebody. And you about to, I mean, you about to lose your mind. Oh, I need Pastor Evan to pray for me. Well, we have another pastor on staff. Pastor Evan's in a meeting right now. Can we have pastor, another pastor to pray for you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> if I'm in a ship that has a hole in it, 
and I'm in the middle of the ocean and I am going to drown. And let's say I don't like people who have animals and this boat comes by with 10 dogs on it. How many know I'm going to get on that boat to get saved? I'm not going to care about those dogs. Who let the dogs out? I don't care. So let's close with Ephesians chapter 4. Let's close with Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, look in verse 11. Ephesians 4, 11. It says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. Watch this now. I'm going to show you something you may not have known. For the saints to do the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. And here's what's interesting. The word perfecting does not mean a perfect person. Perfecting there means to completely furnish. So I'm going to read this again. And God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? Our job is to perfect the saints, to fully equip the saints, to completely furnish the saints, to do the work of ministry. So this is what this should look like. Number one, my job is to equip you. Number two, you should get perfected. Number three, you do the work of ministry. And then number four, watch what happens as a result of doing it God's way. The body's going to grow. Because in Ephesians chapter, chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, For the edifying of the body of Christ. And that's why it's healthy when a church grows because it's showing that the members are doing the work of ministry. And many times churches get leftover messages because the pastor didn't have enough time to spend some time with God to get a fresh word for you. But the devil is alive because at this church, our church has allowed me to spend the time to feed you. Watch this. Not hay, but grass. See, sheep don't eat hay. They eat grass. Listen, grass is left, uh, hay is left over grass that's dried up. Amen. And I believe today God is using me to compel many of you to make a decision to get involved at the next level. Many of you have been getting perfected at this church for years. And because you're not perfect, you feel you're disqualified for ministry. But I'm here to tell you, God's not looking for perfection. All he's looking for you is to be perfected. And that's a process. So if you've been disqualifying yourself all this time, ah, my, my life is not where it needs to be. Well, whose is? Are you being perfected? And then there's some of you who you, 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 you just got to make a decision. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to get in this thing. Here's what I believe as I close. The scripture says those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. That word flourish means, watch this, to prosper. Father in Jesus name, thank you for the word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the vision of this church. And Lord, as I walk our members through, not just vision for our church, but vision for their lives. What you're saying to us today, that to write it down, make it plain, so we can always go back and refer to what you said. 
And so, Lord, I thank you that you are preparing us to be a beacon of light when we move over to 8201 Webb Farrell. That when we get there, we won't get lost in transition. We won't get over there with a distracted mindset. We won't get over there all involved in our own self. But we'll move over there with an attitude that we're going to be ministers of grace to those who come. And so, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the word and what it's doing in our lives. In Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, if you died today, here's my question. Are you sure you'd go to heaven? If you're not sure you'd go to heaven, I want to pray for you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Evan, I, I know if I died, I'd go to heaven. But I haven't been living my life the way I need to. And because of the word today. I-